Hello, everyone, and welcome to another One Youth Devo. We're excited that you could be with us here listening to myself and, as always, Patrick. Hello. Oh, Patrick's playing with the effects today. Patrick, are you in a tunnel or something? What's going on? I'm getting ready to welcome Jesus. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Are you like the, the announcer for Jesus, basically? Is that what's going on? Uh, I'm getting ready to sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Patrick, I never knew your house was so big. It's <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay. I would never get that kind of reverb wow. naturally. Yeah, as, as that was as I'd say that's pretty uh, pretty out there. Uh <laughs> Yeah. All right, sounds like you found some good buttons on the soundboard. Um <laughs> I sure did. That's fantastic. Hey, so Patrick, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about um Palm Sunday or uh Passion Sunday or um you know, Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Yes, yes. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Um, pretty important deal in the Bible. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they're little kids, hear about this story. And, and uh, you know, we celebrate it Palm Sunday at church. And for a long time, people in churches would have kids come running into the church with palm branches and they'd throw them on the ground. And, and there's a lot of, like, traditional things that happen around Palm Sunday. But um, I think what's helpful for us and what we've been doing with these devos is jumping right into the scripture passage. Absolutely. And uh, starting from there. So um, let's see. Uh, how, I'll start reading. I think we had you do it last time. So I'll start reading. And we're going to read this passage today. It's in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, but uh, we thought, Patrick actually thought, let's let's go from John 12. And uh, there's something cool about the book of John when you read it. It's a little bit different than the other Gospels. And uh, something that Pat said um, that I'm going to pass on uh, is that there's, there's the opportunity in this Gospel especially and in this passage to kind of step in with your imagination, put yourself in the place uh, be one of the people in the crowds, be someone who's close to what's happening. So yeah. as I read this and as you're listening, um, feel free to, to kind of let your mind wander. You know, if you're, if you're, uh, out there, uh, in your house or, you know, maybe in your backyard or whatever, uh, in your living room, in your bedroom, just close your eyes. Maybe, um, just put yourself in the spot. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Um, <laughs> As much as Jesus wants to take the wheel, Jesus also will teach you the lesson of not driving with your eyes closed. And if you're walking, don't close your eyes unless you're stopped. That's just smart. Um, so here we go. Uh, this is John chapter 12, and we're going to start with verse 12. Uh, I'll read uh, some of it, and then I'll hand it off to, to Patrick. You ready, Pat? I'm ready. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. 
Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. All right. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Um, we have this this uh, cool passage here. It's Jesus coming to Jerusalem. He's coming to Jerusalem as a king. I like the heading that that's on it. And uh, and there's a lot of stuff uh, that's that's going on here. So let's start with verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come from the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Okay, so there's a great crowd we're finding out in this passage. Um, how great was the crowd? Well, I've I've read um, some things. People have all kinds of numbers that go on with this. But what we can figure is that Jesus is coming to the festival. And the festival at this time was uh, getting ready for Passover. And Passover was this celebration that they had that goes all the way back to the Old Testament, goes all the way back to the book of Exodus when the people were prisoners in Egypt. And they, they wanted to leave, they needed to leave, and there were these plagues that happened. And the last plague was the death of the firstborn. It's sad, sad times. Um where the firstborn would die. And so uh, what would happen, though, is that if you were a part of uh, God's people, God's chosen people, the people of Israel, you would take a lamb and you would take the blood from the lamb and you would put it over the the um, lintel, or which is the top part of your, your door, and you'd spread that over the door and that would protect you. And, and so the idea is that this uh, angel of death would pass over your house um, so that you, the firstborn of your people wouldn't die. And so that's that's what happened. And, and so this was a big celebration that the firstborn wouldn't die, that people's firstborn uh, children were saved. Um, and it's a celebration of the people getting to leave Egypt and to head toward the promised land. Now, they wouldn't get to the promised land for like a while like 40 years in the desert they wandered, but they would get there eventually. And so this is the festival and, and they're still celebrating this festival. This is a, a big deal and it's Passover. And so Jesus is coming in to celebrate that. Now, um, I know I'm giving a lot of background info here, but some of it's kind of interesting, at least I think. They decided, you know, people have looked and said, well, how many people could have been in Jerusalem? I mean, this is like ancient times. It can't be that many people. And, um, Someone, I think it might have been Josephus, uh, who's an ancient historian, um, wrote, and it may have been him, but something along the lines of they had slaughtered, I think it was like a quarter of a million sheep uh, or lambs oh to gosh. do this festival. That's a quarter a million. Yeah, that's so many, right? <laughs> and part of the rules for this was that you had to eat the whole lamb. So it wasn't like you, like every family like would, you know go overboard uh, and uh, have a bunch of lamb, it was that, you know, it was kind of enough for your family. If you had a small family, you couldn't eat the whole thing yourself. Like you had to finish this whole thing. So some estimate that there may be like 2 million people 
who ca- who came in around Jerusalem at this time. Wow. Um, but again, those numbers are all over the place because you know if you look at the size of it and how many people could have fit and all that, like it doesn't necessarily all make sense. But um, when we're talking about a great crowd, we're not talking about like 500 people. We're probably talking about like a very significant number of people. And again, there's numbers that are all over the place that people kind of guess what this is, how many people were there. But we just know that, yes, it is a big crowd. Sheesh. Yeah. I don't know, Pat. Have you ever been in like, what's the biggest crowd you've ever been in? I think probably one of my the biggest crowds I've ever been in was at the giant gatherings at the National Youth Workers Convention. Okay. Um, so that's like probably three, 4,000 people, something like that? Probably. I think that's the, the biggest crowd I've ever been in. I think for me, I was at um, a baseball game in the 90s. It might have been 1998. It was when the Padres went to the World Series, and I think I went to game like three they got swept, by the way, by the Yankees because, you know, that's just how that worked. But um, And Tony Gwynn Sr., this is like back when he was he was playing. Uh, and um, I remember being at the stadium, and I think they were saying the number of people in the stadium was like tens and tens of thousands. Like I think it was over 60,000. Wow. It was totally packed out because it was old. It was what used to be Qualcomm. Uh, it might have been called Jack Murphy Stadium back then. I don't remember the exact title of it. Um, but the thing was packed out. There wasn't a seat and people were so loud. It, I've never heard <laughs> a stadium that loud in my life. Wow. Um, there's just the, all those people all yelling at the same time. It was crazy. And when anyone came up to bat, just the immense sound Wow. was, was like just crazy. I even remember the last hit, I think the last time Tony Gwynn went up to bat, he hit a, uh, a pretty shallow fly ball into right field. And when he hit that ball, you would have think you would have thought he hit like a grand slam. People just like made <laughs> so much noise. And it like he got out. It wasn't even like a great, you know, hit or whatever, but people were just so excited that something happened and there were so <laughs> many of them. It didn't take much to send the crowd like over the top. Dang. Um so yeah, so here again, we're just in the the verse 12 here right at the beginning of this passage, but um <laughs> People are like overwhelmed with excitement, it looks like. They're probably excited because there's this big festival that's happening and they get to eat great food. Uh, they get to, you know, probably have out-of-town relatives like would come in and hang out with them. Um, there'd be people that maybe they hadn't seen in a long time who would be there. There was just like a, a spirit of celebration that was happening. Cool. Now, the weird thing is, is right, this crowd, it says they took palm branches and went out to meet him. <laughs> Which is like kind of a weird thing to do. Like, who organized that, right? I don't. That's kind of a weird deal. Well, it was a uh, historical, a historical thing to do. You to lay down palm branches for um, kings that were coming, so they didn't have to travel on on dirt. Yeah, this is like rolling out the red carpet, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good equivalent. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. it's the the green the green carpet. The green carpet, yeah. So here you have a road that's been traveled by all these people coming into town. It's probably pretty nasty, yeah. Um, filled with all sorts of, you know, animal poop and, um, you know. And when those, by the way, just to let you know, when they let these lambs come into, um, into Jerusalem, uh, they didn't bring them in on trucks. 
uh, they actually had the lambs walk in like a giant herd of lambs. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So like, think about all that poop. I'm just, I mean, there probably was like lamb poop, animal poop everywhere. Well, so and, laying down, and, go ahead. And the, the roads were, are dirt, you know, it's not pavement. Yep. So, yep. you know, the, the, it's not dry dirt at this point probably either. It's probably like no. a little muddy. <laughs> Yeah, even if it didn't rain, it's a little muddy. Yeah. Uh, gross stuff. So, yeah, laying down these palm branches was just, yeah, it's like a king's coming to town. So, cool thing, uh, we're moving on um, into what they actually say. So, they took these palm branches, they went out to meet him, and this is still a great crowd, and they start shouting, which is a little crazy. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Um, Boom. Wow. Yeah, boom, boom, right? This is like some pretty significant language that's being used here. So, Pat, you have any thoughts on on this little phrase? It's very exciting. Um, they are very. It's like very, very. They're very excited for the king who's coming for um, Jesus, who's who's showing up. Uh, it always reminds me of the. You know, I feel like every time we're on here, I talk about the, the church that I used to work at. It's the church I grew up in. And on Palm Sunday, we would always start the worship service outside um, oh, and do a lot cool. of singing outside and then do like a processional in inside. Um, kind of like, I think with the mindset of we're following Jesus into Jerusalem after he passes and we're cheering and we're singing and we're kind of chanting the same thing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Um, and so it, this passage always brings back the memories of starting church outside, kind of exciting. And then remembering like, you know, we're part of this, we can journey with Jesus into Jerusalem. We can follow him in, um, kind of waving our palm fronds, uh, kind of showing like we're, we're making the way for you. We're making it clean. Um, we respect you as our king. We bow down to you. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty uh, pretty amazing stuff, um, what's happening here. Um, Hosanna, uh, the word itself, it, you know, it's a Hebrew word um, or Hebrew expression. It means to save, uh, but mm. it had become like an exclamation of praise that you'd say to a king. So, um, you know, when someone would say it, it wouldn't necessarily mean you were like, you know, if you're trapped like in the water, you'd yell out, save, Hosanna, Hosanna. It wasn't necessarily like that. Um, but it, it was a phrase that had been used and had been used for a while. Very, uh, a lot of people were familiar with it, very familiar to everyone in Israel. So the phrase, though, that these people are shouting is, is, uh, is interesting, especially the last one, right? Blessed is the king of Israel. So they're calling him the king, Right. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's top honor. It's top honor. And uh, Jerusalem was founded uh, by King David, who put, you know, he put in a, he conquered it, and then he put in uh, a um, castle, a fortress, kind of for himself, which is pretty good deal. Um, and then he... Uh, he wanted to build a temple, but couldn't. But the last time, like the people of Israel were all unified, um, had been like really under King David or, uh, well, under King Solomon. 
uh, mm. David's son. So it'd been a really long time before these people had had like a really good king and they'd had a lot of years of not a king and they were occupied by another force, by the Romans who were in charge. And so the Romans, mm. they didn't want anyone saying like, oh, here's our king because they only had one king uh, and that was Caesar. And so you didn't like mess around with that, you know? Yeah. So to call him king in some ways was also kind of like a little bit of a, an edgy thing to say because you were kind of telling all the Roman people like, hey, look, you know, we, we've gathered our our giant crowd and here we go. Here's our king. Yeah. Um, and Jesus had an option, right? What could he have done? He could have said like, I'm not your king. Like, I'm not going to take over this country. I'm not going to be the guy in charge. Um, but he doesn't do that because he is king. Yeah. They just don't know what kind of king he really is. <laughs> right. Right. They think he's going to be like this political king. They think he's going to be this like power hungry guy who's going to kick out the Romans and give them a national identity again and stop taxing them and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And he's like, no. So right. he moves on. Verse 14, right? Yeah. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. Yeah. Um, and then it says, as, is it, as it is written. And then there's a, a verse here um, that's quoted from Zechariah 9.9. 9. Uh, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion, which refers to Israel. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. Now, do you know why he was on a donkey? Tell us. He was on a donkey because... When you would ride places on a donkey, it would symbolize that you were coming in peace. You rode mm. horses into um, war or if you were going to attack and you would ride a donkey and show up on a donkey to show um, I'm coming peacefully. Um, I'm not coming to fight. I'm not coming for war. Um, so it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds like a really good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So coming in peace, seated on a donkey's colt. Um, yeah, I don't know what that would have been like. And I don't know how Jesus found a donkey. I mean, in the other gospels, the account actually says that, you know, he sent his uh, disciples to like go find it. And they just like took it and they're like, we'll bring it back. It's all good. Um, but in this, it's like, you know, just kind of keeps it short. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, Jesus found it. The young donkey. You know, I don't think I've ever found a young donkey before in my whole life. Uh, um <laughs> I had someone text me once asking if I wanted a donkey that they got for free off of Craigslist. Ouch. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty incredible story, Pat. <laughs> that, that's the extent of it. I said no. And hmm. That was it. Do you know what happened to that donkey? Where I, did that poor creature end up? I think they, My goodness. I think they gave it to a farm um, out in Bonzel with other donkeys. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. The don't. Yeah, that's right. Got sent off to that farm in the sky. No. Um, <laughs> so Jesus is riding in peacefully. He's riding in on a donkey. People are throwing these palm branches on the ground. They're yelling like, you know, this acclamation um, of save us or God saves. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. They're saying you can save us. You're blessed by God you're our king. Uh, and they keep that going. And of course, verse 16 is so classic. It's classic of the disciples. It says, <laughs> at first, his disciples did not understand all this. And you know, um, I feel like the disciples, 
<laughs> they are all very brilliant people um, or turned out to yes. be. <laughs> but right. they, every time they're just don't understand anything. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. There's so many stories in scripture where they don't get it. One of my favorite uh, stories of them not getting it is they get into a boat and they're heading out and Jesus starts talking about like, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, and he's trying to teach them and he's trying to use like an object lesson, like a little bit of yeast and something will can create like a, a bigger problem or a bigger thing. And he's trying to warn them against the Pharisees and Sadducees. And what they thought is they're like, uh Oh, he thinks we, he like, he knows we forgot to bring bread. Cause like they forgot to bring food on their trip. And so, <laughs> and so they start freaking out. They're like, Oh shoot. Who brought the bread? You know, like Judas, give us some money. We need to go buy bread. So they start freaking out. And Jesus basically like just tells them like, it's not about the bread. Like he's, you can see it almost sounds like he's just frustrated with like how dim witted they are. But a cool thing that, that I get to, uh, that I love seeing in this or that I feel is I feel like them a lot of the times like, man, I don't, you know, like when I read the scripture, sometimes it just really comes alive. The Holy spirit, I think is a part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's sometimes I might read some passages or, um, you know, maybe I'm listening to a worship song and like, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't like what, what, what am I supposed to get out of this? What I'm learning. And, and I just want to encourage anyone out there, like if that's you, if you're reading scripture, if you're listening to worship music, if you're trying to pray and it's like, you're having a really hard time getting it. Just remember this, right? At first his disciples did not understand all this. Yeah. But then they Um, did. You know, they moving did. on, only after they Jesus did. was glorified, did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. So finally, this scripture, right? So it starts to come back together to them like, oh, yeah, there's this verse in Zechariah that talks about the king coming seated on a donkey's colt. Oh, wait, Jesus did that. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, ding, 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 you know, bell, <laughs> bell goes off yeah. in their head um, or they start to think like, oh, yeah. It's the Passover. We're celebrating um, how the firstborn son uh, were saved, right? Well, here we have God, God's firstborn son, only son, Jesus, is being sacrificed for everyone like the Passover lamb. And so now they're like, whoa, you know, and so like all of a sudden in their heads, it's like all these bells are going off. All this stuff is starting to like come together, but it wouldn't come together until after Jesus was glorified after he went up into heaven to be with God, the father, um, crazy stuff, man. Yeah. So verse 17, it says the crowd that was with him, um, when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word and many people, because they had heard, um, uh, they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So we have a situation where uh, Lazarus had died and he'd been dead. Uh, Like he didn't just die and like all of a sudden Jesus rushed in, he was back alive again. He was like dead, dead in a tomb, already wrapped up, like totally dead. And Jesus comes in there and Jesus is met on the road. Um, He meets up with Martha and then Mary and, and then there's this crowd. And what's cool in, in that passage, uh, it actually says Jesus saw the crowd. Um, mm. He sees these people and he sees their pain and suffering because Lazarus is dead. And that's when it says in scripture, Jesus wept. 
Yeah. A lot of us think it says that Jesus wept when he just saw Mary or when he just saw Martha. Um, but it wasn't that. It was when he saw the whole crowd, right? So God has compassion on entire crowds of people. Yeah. Uh, and he raised He raised him from the dead. In the book of John, the raising of Lazarus is like kind of the central, um, the central uh, point where people kind of look back to. It's like, this is like the big miracle in the book of John is the Lazarus miracle. So we see here that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead and all these people saw it and they were all freaked out because it was like a big deal, but they were also all praising Jesus. So they're running around and saying like, hey, there's this guy, Jesus, we're going to tell you about him. And they keep spreading this word. So Jesus is kind of a rock star at this point. You know, I coin him as a pretty humble guy. So I don't know if he yeah. was thinking that. But um, amongst the the crowd of, you know, millions, yeah, he was, you know, rock star status. Yeah. Household and name. That's right. Household name, rock star status. These people were would make him king. If it was up to them, they'd put him on the throne. You are now king of Israel. We're going to declare our independence from Rome get in a big battle and they would think, oh, God is going to be on our side and we'll win. That's kind of what they're looking for. Um, or they're thinking, here, here, this guy performed miracles. Well, guess what? Moses performed these miracles uh, back in the book of Exodus and, uh, and we got our freedom. So maybe this guy is going to be like our new Moses. Uh, maybe this guy can perform miracles and these Romans, these oppressors will leave and we'll have our promised land again. But that wasn't the plan, right? Right. In fact, the Pharisees are like totally against him, right? So verse 19, so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Yeah. Um, they're bummed. They want this guy gone because he doesn't, he doesn't uh, say good things about them. He yeah. doesn't follow the same rules. Right. He hangs out with prostitutes. He hangs out with sinners. He hangs out with tax collectors. Um, they're not into that. Uh, and they're not, lets, they're, they're not into him, you know, being in the limelight, being being the rock star. They're not into that either. That's right. Because that was kind of their job, right? They're the big time churchy people. Uh, they're the ones who would pray uh, out in the public for everyone to see. Uh, they're the ones who would, you know, try to drop like big money in the, in the, um, at the temple and the collection plate for people to see, um, blow trumpets and all that kind of thing. Like the, you're right. These are the guys who are kind of more the, the big time guys. Um, right. So they're not happy about it. Right. So Pat, in this passage, we just watched this. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. He's doing it on a donkey. People are like trying to make him king. Um, man, what does that mean for us today? Right. What do we do with this? Right. This happened a long time ago, a couple thousand years ago. Uh, it, and so what does that mean for us? Right. How do we put this into our lives? Well, simply uh, don't, don't side with the Pharisees. You know, yeah. be excited. You know, Jesus is um, the new king. We technically don't know that yet because it's not Easter, but yeah. um, we can still be excited about it. You know, we can be in these yeah. people's shoes, like we said from the beginning, imagining that we're there with the crowds. We can be excited for this king. We can like be excited of the king of Israel. We can um, bless his name. We can, you know, lay down the palm branches I think just like leaning into that and having that posture because we know, even though we know how it ends, like having that yeah. posture now, um, is important. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point, man. 
So I know a lot of us are thinking like, oh, I, I know, I already know how this ends. Uh, you know, I, I already know that. So why does it matter that Jesus comes in? Um, I think living in the moment, man, that's a great, that's a great lesson from this. Um, you know, grab a, a palm branch, uh, cheer for the Lord. You know, that's a great thing to do, even when it's very difficult um, for you, even when maybe you're thinking like, man, you know, I'm, I'm not, not everything's going my way, mm-hmm. but God is still with you, right? God is still around and God wants to cheer even for, you know, as Jesus is coming into maybe your own heart, as Jesus is coming into the hearts of people around you, um, just cheer, man, be excited, be happy. Cause it's like such a good, good, good thing. So, um, Pat, that's a good word for for us. Um, Pat, what are you going to do this? We're coming into what they call Holy Week. Um, you know, we're only on, this is only John 12, right? The whole rest of John is just the last week of Jesus' life, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So um, in that last week of Jesus' life, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. So I'm just wondering for you uh, during Holy Week, is there anything you're going to do to kind of, you know, be extra attentive? It's much of the same that I just said. Uh, be in the moment through all of the, the the paces of everything, the the yeah. the roll the emotional roller coaster because that's kind of what it's going to be. It's just so easy to go from this to Easter to the celebrating, um, and skip Holy Thursday, Monday Thursday, Good Friday. It's so easy to just go through all of that really quickly. Not to I just going to try to not get ahead. I'm going to be present, yeah. present in the now. I'm going to be present in in the scripture, um, read along, follow along, be emotionally in tune with the people in scripture, try to put myself in their shoes, um, every, every step of the way, because then, you know, on Easter, that's, um, an even greater celebration, you know, the element of not knowing, trying to not know, um, and then like true celebration. And anyone out there, if you're curious about this whole, uh, Jesus stuff about the last week of his life, um, about what would it look like? You know, just think of, in a lot of ways, I would say, think of your own heart as the city of Jerusalem, right? Are, are you willing to let Jesus in? Are you willing to let Jesus into your heart? Um, are you, are you going to be excited for him to be there? Or like Pat said, are you, you going to decide to be like a Pharisee and just say, Nope, I don't want this. I'm going to do my own thing. I don't want, you know, I don't want God getting a bunch of attention in my life. Um, right. you know, so I think for you, it's, it's or for us, right. It's open up that gate for God to be close and to be with you. Yeah. And, and shout Hosanna. Blessed is the King of Israel. All right, friends. Well, as always, uh, if you have questions, if you have a prayer request, if you have, um, you know, a shout of joy even, or a Hosanna, you want to send, uh, uh, or share with us. We would love it. Um, feel free to email me at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at solanapress.org or you can email Patrick at solanapress.org Love it. All right, guys. We'll see you on our next Devo. Devo.